You're listening to the Jesus Habit Podcast, where we're using scripture, science, and story to make your new nature in Christ second nature. Episode 133, where we talk about my truth and the fake news your brain is telling you about your ability to change. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Jesus Habit Podcast, where we're using scripture, science, and story to make our new nature in Christ second nature. Now, that that third one, story, sounds like it's new, and that's because it is. <laughs> we um, we've been we've been saying scripture and science, which is true. We've been using scripture and science, but I was also also been using a lot of story. So I decided it's a significant compo- enough component of the podcast of the Jesus habit framework that I was going to add it into the tagline. Now you're probably thinking, I don't even care about your tagline. So why are you spending so much time talking about it? And that's a good point. So we're going to jump right into things. Um, We're right in the middle of explaining uh, this whole process or framework of change. And, and and we've been talking about how our our typical approach to change is so short sighted. We fail and we, and we just start believing a lie that we cannot change. And we're actually going to get into that specifically today. Last week, we talked about how this is the beginning of a journey. The week before that, we talked about creating the inciting incident. So go back and listen to episode 131, I believe it is, to to get information about that. Last week, we talked about starting the journey and how when you're starting a journey, you're reading a book, you know, the main character, the protagonist is starting a journey. What they do is, you know, they just start trying things and seeing how they work and they kind of have to go through a process. We we talked about the unseen enemy. We talked about, um, you know, your weakness goggles, learning to be able to see your weakness, how long it takes to, to form a long-term memory and a habit, 66 days for a habit to, to start to feel normal and routine. We, so we talked about a lot of stuff last week. So you're definitely going to go check that out as well. But this week, I want to I, I want to break this down into those three categories: story, scripture, and science. Going to do it in that order today. And and I want to talk about we're going to talk about your brain. We've we've mentioned this already. How your brain is fighting you. We talked about your default future and your desired future. We've talked about how when you're changing, your brain is going to fight you in this process of change that your brain doesn't want you to change. I want to I want to talk about this idea and the story that we're telling ourselves um, about about what we can and can't do. So right now, your brain is telling you a story about your life. You are living out a story that, uh, of your life that your brain is telling you, and and, and that's what you believe. That, that's what you believe about your current reality. And now, now some people will call this my truth. Now I I have a problem with that that phrase. It drives me insane because I don't like the idea that that truth is is relative from person to person. It's it's created all kinds of chaos in our world. But in one sense, there there is some validity to that idea that that we all we all have truth that we're living our lives by. We all kind of have our own reality. Now, it's not truth because it's not necessarily true most of the time, which is what we're going to talk about right now, but but we're living our lives by this this reality, this story that we're telling ourselves all the time. And the problem with the problem with this story, this reality, this my truth is that it oftentimes does not correspond with reality or with truth. That's why I have a problem with it. 
For instance, um, you know, some some who have experienced the horrible trauma of of abuse in their life, whether you know physical, mental, emotional, verbal, whatever kind of abuse, it's it's often the case that people who have been abused in their lives are prone to seeing similar people in their lives as potential abusers, potential threats who are who have the potential of doing the same thing. So so instead of looking looking through the lens of these are people that you know I know or I don't know I'm getting to know this person there and giving the benefit of the doubt that they're not an abuser, our tendency because of the way our brain works, because of the reality and the story our brain is telling us, because of our past we start to believe that there are a lot more potential threats out there and we start seeing more people as potential threats. Same thing is true for sports teams, right? So sports teams if, that have a long track record of failure often see themselves as incapable of winning. They, they see it as something, you know, they get a mindset that, that they just aren't going to be a winning team, that it's impossible for them to win, and, and the same thing is true for people that repeatedly fail at change. People that repeatedly fail at changing something in their lives will see themselves as incapable of change. They will believe the story that they are not able to change. They will believe that false narrative. They will believe that false truth. So, what what I want to what I, what I want to tell you now. This could be a trigger statement for some, but. Um, we need to stop telling ourselves fake news. We need to stop believing fake news from our brain about ourselves, right? So, so when your brain is telling you, if you're, if you're on a losing team that, that you can't ever win, that's a false narrative, right? That's fake news. That's not true. In fact, I would say that there are very few people on the planet who are incapable of change. You can change. It is possible for you to change. So that's fake news. That is not true. True. That is not a true statement. If you say you can't change, that is not a true statement. So we have to stop telling ourselves fake news. So your brain is telling you this story about your life that is oftentimes not true. Now, now it's done this because, because it wants to protect your brain. We're going to get into that in just a minute. But there are only two people who are truly capable of writing your story. Now, if you're, if you're not a Christian, you're going to struggle with this a little bit. But as a Christian, there are two people capable of writing your story, God and you. Now, we're not going to get into a deep theological argument about this because there are some deep theological discussions that happen about this idea. But, but what I happen to believe as I read through Scripture, and I do have my degree in Bible and theology, so, so I'm, not a, I'm, not a, I'm not completely ignorant when I'm talking about these things. God writes your story and you write your story. It's a tandem process. We're working together with God. God is, God is directing us and at the same time we have free will. We're making our own decisions. So there are only two people capable of writing your story. That means that a lot of the voices that end up in our heads from other people that our brains then use as excuses to keep us from changing are not authoritative Keyword author and authoritative. They are not authoritative. They do not have the uh, author authority. They do not have the authority to really be able to write your story. So only God and you can do that. So question we have to ask ourselves is how have your skeptics, accomplices, and antagonists 
supported this fake news storyline. We have to go all the way back to an earlier episode to get that. But how have your skeptics, your accomplices, and your antagonists supported the fake news storyline, right? Your skeptics, the people that, that aren't necessarily opposed to you, they just, they, just, they just don't think you can actually change. Your accomplices, these are the people that, that help you stay in old bad habits and patterns. And your antagonists, the people who are actively working against you, how are they supporting this fake news storyline? Right? We've got to start, as we said last week, we've got to get our, our glasses on. We're going to get our, our weakness goggles, our enemy goggles on and start looking at the things in our lives that are working against us to change the way we want to change. So we can't allow skeptics, accomplices, or antagonists to write our story. And if we're giving them authority to write our story, we've falsely placed authority in their hands that they don't have because they're not God and they're not you. So God wants to write your story and he's got a plan for your life. We can get into that later. But, but you also can write your story. Don't, don't hand authority over to skeptics, accomplices, antagonists, or, or sidekicks, coaches, and, and squads. You know, th- this is authority that God has and that he gave you for this life. It's a, it's a gift he entrusted to you to steward well. Now, now one of your take-home assignments, or you, know, you don't have to do this if you don't want to, it's just a suggestion. I think it's a good idea. I'm not going to force you to do it, just like I'm not forcing you to listen to this podcast. But by the way... Thanks for listening to the podcast. Got a great, uh, you know, you know, growing, growing listenership. Thanks for sharing the podcast. If you if you feel if you feel so inclined, always appreciate it when you share the podcast um, with with others. But uh, thanks for doing that. Thanks for listening. It's so glad to have you here, David at the Jesus Habit at thejesushabit.com. If you have questions, comments, or if you want any of these free resources, love to hear from you. But a suggestion I would have for you would be to start literally writing a new story about yourself, right? So, so right now you've got this storyline going on in your brain. You're telling yourself this story about who you are and what you can and can't do. And it's on loop in your brain telling you the same thing over and over again. So we need to start writing a new story. So let's actually put it into practice and write a new story about ourselves, and I'll tell you to do it probably in the second or third person and, and talk about yourself, you know, as though it's not really even yourself and, and read it then and then start to really identify with the main character in the story. So quick assignment to, to think about doing that, but, but, don't, but don't bring in these, these false narratives that you believe. You know, write the story that you can change, write the story of you changing, give it a, a beginning, a middle and an end, you know, just and go through the process of, of, of you starting the journey going through the long process of, of, of working through and trying things and making mistakes and trying things and making mistakes and eventually being victorious over this thing and, you know, and, and, and coming out as the hero. Write a story. And it doesn't have to be long, but, but do it and, and see if that doesn't start to reshape your thinking. Now, a, a, a few scriptures, because a key principle as we get into this long journey is that um, I, I usually say disciples develop daily, not in a day. Now, it's what we do on a daily basis that has long-term effects in our lives, right? It's not what we do on one day. Like a, a, a lot of people think that, that simply going to church on a Sunday is enough to call themselves a disciple and a Christian. But what you do on one day is not going to cut it because there are 166 more hours outside of the two hours you spend in church on a Sunday that you're living your life. And most of the time you've forgotten the sermon by the time you get out of the parking lot 
on a Sunday morning. So it's not enough to just go to church and hear a good sermon and have a good worship experience. You actually have to do something every single day. That's at our church. We, we produce content on a regular basis for daily, you know, devotional material. We call it the RPM, read, pray, and meditate. You're just like a, just like a car. When when you're when you're starting up your car in the morning, especially with cold mornings like we're having right now in the early you know uh, middle fall, heading up into winter, it's good for you to start your car and let it warm up a little bit before you drive it. So you got you got to get your RPMs going, right? You got to get the engine warmed up. So the same thing is true uh, for us as followers of Jesus Christ. You got to get the engine warmed up before you can go throughout the day. Otherwise, you're just you know, you're running the risk of, of damaging things. So it's, it's not enough to just rely on Sunday sermon to get you through the week. You got to do something every single day. So disciples develop daily, not in a, day, in a day. And there's actually some scripture that supports this idea. For instance, Luke chapter 9, verse 23 through 24. And he said to all, Jesus said, if anyone comes after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. Daily. Key word, daily. Take up your cross daily. You don't just take it up once and then call it good. You take up your cross every single day. Luke chapter 11, verse 3, in the middle of the Lord's Prayer, when God's teaching, when Christ is teaching his followers how to pray, he says, give us each day our daily bread. Give us what we need for this day. God, God is going to supply us what we need for this day. You can see that in other teachings of Jesus, but you can also see this in Exodus chapter 16, verse 21 and 22. They, the Israelites, gathered manna every morning. Every person gathered as much as they needed to eat, but when the sun grew hot, it melted. On the sixth day, they gathered twice as much food for quarts apiece. So it's interesting, the people, the Israelites, were commanded to only gather enough manna for that day. They were only supposed to take enough bread, enough manna for that day. And in fact, when they took too much and didn't use up all the bread, it grew worms and smelled horrible over the course of the night. So, so this was God's way of saying... You know, live, you know, Jesus actually quotes from this passage when he's being tempted by the devil in the wilderness. He quotes from this passage when he says that man shall not live by bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. So I really believe the picture Jesus is creating when he's quoting that image, when he's quoting that verse, is, is the idea that we are supposed to be getting our daily bread from God on a daily basis, not a weekly basis. So, so we have to... If there are two people that can write this story, God and you, we have to spend time with the authors on a daily basis. Now, we spend plenty of time with ourselves, or <laughs> wherever we go, there we are, right? Are we spending enough time with the author of all stories, the author of all humanity, the author of creation, the author of the universe, the author of all history? Are we spending enough time with the author so that the author can shape our story? And if we're not, then we're going to have a hard time really embracing God's story for our lives. And it's going to be so easy to get sidetracked by the fake news that we believe about ourselves and, and, and those fake truths that we've embraced about the way we are all throughout our lives. So, so we've got to really intentionally surround ourselves with truth and with, with God's word so that God can, in the presence of his teaching, train our brains to think the way he wanted them to think. It's part of this, this being made new in Christ, right? 
2 Corinthians 5.17, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone, the new is here. God is literally rewriting your story, making you new uh, throughout this whole process. So, so, but we've still got this lifelong track record of, of narratives, of false new, of fake news, false truths that, that we've embraced, that we need to slowly peel back all the different layers until we get to the core issues and we can, and we can, and God can transform us from the inside out. All right. So that's the scripture. We talked about the story. Here's the science. There is a function in your brain called the error detection mechanism. I'm going to call it EDM for short. Error detection mechanism. One, one website calls this your brain's autocorrect. So you got autocorrect on your phone, right? You're trying to type a word. I don't know if you ever do this, but, but there are a lot of church words that aren't you know, normal autocorrect words. And so I'm trying to type church words, theological words, you know, you know, just retyping scripture a lot of the times. And autocorrect wants to, to change it to, to other words, especially with uh, abbreviations for, for Bible books. It always wants to change those other things. Because according to the algorithm, the thing that's already set in place, the systems that are already in place by the computer, it, it doesn't recognize it. So it wants to change it to something it recognizes, but that's not what I intend, right? So your error detection mechanism is your brain is, and your brain is very much the same thing. Whether they are for your good or for your bad, the current systems, the current neural pathways in your brain, whatever they are, whether they're functional, dysfunctional, whether they're constructive or destructive, they are what is normal for your brain. They are normal for your brain. So, like a thermostat on a furnace, the, the, the EDM in your brain is designed to keep your brain functioning within a certain set of parameters, you know, to, as we said several weeks ago, to keep your brain and your body from expending too much energy because your brain's primary purpose is to conserve energy. So when you are trying something new and you get too far outside the norm for your brain, EDM kicks in to try to get you back to normal. For example... In this process that you've just started, when you're on this new journey and, and you're trying something new and you're starting to experiment with some things, your brain is kicking in and saying, hey, come on. Hey, hey, what, you know, after the high wears off, after, after the excitement wears off, which the excitement's good, we need to capitalize on that. That's why we talked about the power of moments, but it only gets us so far. That's why we have to build the system around the moments. <clears throat> but but uh, the, as soon as we get past that moment of a, a you know high experience, your brain, your EDM is going to kick in and say, "Hey, hey, remember all these times that you've tried this before and it hasn't gone so well? Let's uh, let's not go down that road again. Hey, let, let's not put ourselves through the torture of trying to change this thing that we've never been able to change because it never works. I mean, I mean, come on, come on, man. Let's be realistic, right? And so, so your EDM kicks in to try to keep you from changing things. One of the ways it does this is through fears. Now, there are legitimate human fears like heights, darkness, death, loneliness, sickness, and humiliation. There are some human fears that all humans have. But for good or bad, there are other fears that all humans have that are based on life experiences. When we have a particularly bad experience, our brain uses fear to keep us from repeating that experience down the road even if we're perfectly capable of overcoming that fear. 
if it's, even if we're perfectly strong enough or if we have the capacity to overcome this fear because we've grown up and the fear was from when we were a child and now that fear is no longer realistic, that fear, our brain will still use that fear to keep us from trying that thing that we failed at horribly and, and had a bad experience. So, so fears, some of them are legitimate, some of them are illegitimate. Some of the illegitimate fears are the things in the false narrative, the fake news that are keeping our brains from being able to you know, venture into new realms and try new things so that we can, we can expand and grow. And your brain is just kind of saying, hey, hey, we've gotten you this far. So let's, why, are we, why do we want to change anything now? Let's just, let's just kind of keep things the same, all right? Because it's working. You're still alive, aren't you? <laughs> and that's your brain's, you know, your fu- brain's purpose is to keep you alive and keep you safe. So that's the science, your error detection mechanism. And so if you're telling yourself a new story, that EDM is going to kick in and try to convince you to not try to embrace this new narrative, even though it might be the true narrative. We have to spend time with God every day so God can write our story, and we have to be writing ourselves a new story. Now, from a story point of view, what happens at this point in the story is trial and error. We don't know what we're doing. We know we're trying to get to a certain destination, but we don't know really how to get there. So the only way to do it is start trying things and experimenting with things. We try something and we learn from it. We try something and we learn from it. And then we have to, you know, we have to make corrections, course corrections, and try, you know, and see if this gets us closer or further away from our goal, right? You know, we try something, does it work? No, but it got us a little closer or it got us a little further. So we need to, we need to continue and, you know, adjust what we tried or go a totally different direction, right? So uh, trial and error is a huge part of this process, just like you see when you're reading any good story. The, the hero tries something, fails, tries something, fails, tries something, fails, and every time they try, they get closer, but the tension also increases. And a part of this process in any good story is that you're going to, we are going to all have to start facing, fighting, and eventually defeating our biggest fears that are keeping us stuck, This trial and error process will bring us face-to-face with some of the fears, the deepest fears we have in our brains and in our minds, and we are going to have to confront them, we're going to have to face them, we're going to have to fight them, and we're going to have to defeat them. Change comes at a price. And that price is not what you might think. It's the loss of the familiar. It's the loss of of your brains being able to to live in this comfort that it's created. The good news is eventually your brain will adapt and it will create new comfort around the new world and the new realm that you've created. And so your brain will settle into a new routine and new neural pathways develop and you will start to have some, some some new ways of thinking that are healthier than the old ones. So an important process is not just what you do every day, like the read, pray, meditate, RPM, get your engine going, RPMs, but we also have to, we have to do the daily things and we have to review on a weekly basis, right? Trial and error. So we do things on a daily basis. You know, we start off in the morning setting our mind on God's story and, and the story that, that God wants to create. And then we spend some time in the evening reflecting back on the day. How did we do it living out God's story or letting God write our story? And then we also have to weekly review, evaluate, adjust, and decide. Every week, we have to stop and review what we did. We have to evaluate it. Did it work? Did it not work? Then we have to make course adjustments, and then we have to make a new decision to continue on the course to try new things. Every week, we have to re-up our commitment. 
So so we have to review what we did. That's why we we and the we review it in the evening. We keep track. That's why journaling is so good. I'm not going to harp on that right now because I know a lot of people resist that. But if you can journal, journal. Um, we, we review it in the evening of every week. And then at the end of the week, we review all the things we tried. We evaluate them. Did they work? Did they not work? Then we look at them and we say, okay, well, this, this kind of worked. I'm going to make this little adjustment to this thing. And I'm going to try that this coming week. And then we have to decide that we're going to do that thing. We have to decide that we're going to keep on this journey because all heroes continue on the journey. They don't quit. They keep they keep making commitments. You know, every time they fail, they make a commitment to keep trying and keep going. So, so there's the daily routine and the weekly routine. Those are important aspects of it. Eventually, once we get to about four weeks in, we'll talk about the monthly review. That's also important. On the website, I'll put sources to some of this stuff so that you know this is coming from legit scientists, not you know someone who's got their degree in theology. What could you possibly know? You're just a Bible guy. You're just a pastor guy. Well. This is coming from legitimate scientists, so I'll give you some links on the website and just kind of some highlights of some of this material. But that's that's what I wanted to cover. That's the story. You got to start writing yourself a new story. You have to start confronting the lies, the false, the fake news. You have to let, spend time with God so He can write your story and confront your brain's EDM error detection mechanism. Try something every day, and the next day, and the next day. Learn from it. Fail if you must. Learn from the failures and keep making your changes and keep growing. And then at the end of the week, review it. Read. R-E-A-D. Review, evaluate, adjust, decide. All right. So that is all the time we have for this episode, episode 133 of the Jesus Habit Podcast, where we're using scripture, science, and story to make your new nature in Christ second nature. Have a great week. We'll see you again next Wednesday www.thejesushabit.com